Bad, and thank you for those who have joined us here in person, those who have joined us right where you are. Uh, we come to worship our God and magnify his holy name. We encourage you to worship him with us and join in this awesome fellowship. And we would like to welcome you a little something like this. Oh, 
come from 2nd Corinthians chapter 12 2nd Corinthians chapter 12 if you're able to stand out of God's word you may do so 2nd Corinthians chapter 12 I'll be reading from the New Living Translation 
going to start down in verse 7. It says, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen. Stop with the boy who's crying. Stop with the 
See, our superheroes are super. They are above and greater than others. They, they display strength and power and influence that other people follow after them and want to be with them. We use the, th- the terminology that we follow the strong and the strong lead the weak. But God has shown us that in the kingdom, that's not so. When we are weak, then we are strong. Because we are not strong because of what we have, but because of who we know. And those who know the Lord know strength. Because God is our refuge. God is our strength. God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and thank God he's omnipresent. He can be everywhere at the same time. And so when we think about that, I find strength in God and not in myself. That helps me in times when I know I am weak to remind myself, that's right, I am weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves you. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. And so when we understand that I am weak, then I understand that I need strength. I need support. I need help. And God is our help. Anybody here know that God is our help? To know that he is our help to mean that he's the one that supports us. He's the one that helps us. Amen. That, that he's the one that when we're falling down the stairs and you reach out for some help, you want something that can hold you up. Yeah, 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 you understand what I'm talking about, right? God holds us up and gives us strength when we lack the, the ability to hold up our sin. Mm. God's strength is displayed in his creation. Supernatural strength. That's above our strength, super above. God's strength is shared with his creation. God's strength is expressed in Jesus Christ and his work on the cross. The power of salvation is an expression of God's grace. And when we know God's grace, it exposes us even more to a greater sense our weakness because we know how weak we are. For our flesh is weak. And yet God has redeemed our flesh through Jesus. Jesus knows all about our trials, our tribulations, our troubles, our problems. That's why we can say nobody knows but Jesus. But yet in our weakness and in our flesh, Jesus lets us know that we have strength through the power of the Holy Spirit. This vessel of ours is weak, but it is precious. Because what's in there, and what's in there is the power of God. But if you don't know this power, then you might not know Jesus. So I want to encourage you to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. To know him that he has defeated death, and so therefore what's living for in this world, you find out, is empty, is vain, it has no worth, but yet living for Jesus is greater than silver and gold. So this power that God is able to give us strength to endure the trials, tribulations, the humiliation, uh, the the adverse life circumstances we're going to face, we'll find out that we'll have the strength, the ability, the power to endure, to face these circumstances, all because of who is in us than those who are against us. Our strength is found in the Lord. So I encourage you to live a humble, surrendered life of Jesus so that you might see his power in your weakness. Our text comes from 
the second letter to Corinth, uh, Paul is focused on preaching this gospel to this church. He has a strong affinity with them that he spent roughly 18 months with them according to Acts. So he spent some time there and ministered to them and worked there and labored there. He was persecuted and beaten there, and yet he still loves them there because it's for the gospel's sake. Paul expresses his suffering for this gospel's sake, and it's nothing to boast about. But the result of being focused to declare this great gospel that God has assigned to Paul is being expressed. Let me read again verses 7 through 10, partially from this 2 Corinthians letter, 12th chapter, New Living Translation of the Word of God. Uh, reads, Even though I have received such wonderful revelation from God, so to keep me from being becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a message from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, hardships, persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And that's our, our subject title for this message. When I am weak, then I am strong. I want that to become a mantra for you, a model for you, that when you go through some times of pain, some times of trouble, some times of adversity, to remind yourself, when I am weak, then I am strong. See, we live in a world that people don't boast about weaknesses. They boast about how strong they are. That's why we got all kinds of search about boasting, right? Sun's out, guns out. <laughs> right? I'm the MVP, right? I'm the best. We, we, we show how many followers we got. We get plaques about how many subscribers subscribe to our channels and our social media. We, we celebrate how we are strong and proud and great, but yet Jesus was a point of I am weak to boast in our weakness. Notice that Paul realized I need some help in this because I could brag about how great I am. Matter of fact, earlier in that same chapter, he talked about the revelation he had, going to the higher heavens and seeing some things. He don't know whether he was in body or out of body, but what he knows is that it was supernatural, what he experienced. But yet through all the time, he kept having a reminder. The word, the word says a thorn in his flesh. He had an irritant that he wanted to be removed, but God kept on reminding him that it will not be removed. Our text does not tell us how he asked for it to be removed. Rather, it was three consecutive times, or it might be three different occasions, but we do know that he did ask more than once. And God each time reminded him that my grace is all you need. <laughs> And so here it is that now Paul understands that I want to boast in my weakness. I find out that because God has made me weak, I find strength in my weakness. I'm not boasting because I'm strong. I'm boasting because God is strong. 
See, Paul sees purpose in his suffering. He understands that I have this thorn not to lift me up, but to bring me down. Sometimes in life, we always want to stay high, and we never want to fall down. But we learn from falling. We learn from stumbling. We learn from hardship. We learn from pain and tribulations. You, you won't know how good you are if you don't know how bad you can be. That, that's why when Jesus was teaching about forgiveness, he says those who cry much have been forgiven much. That, that's what that's the same translation. Go back and read it for yourself. You see what he said. But he's basically pointing out that those who are crying and weeping like this have been forgiven for much, so they understand what grace and mercy looks like. Some of y'all know some people like that that are always gracious because they've been forgiven much. They understand, I don't deserve everything that I'm getting. I, I can wake up every morning and tell everybody that God's been good to me, better than I deserve. As a matter of fact, if God stopped blessing me today, he already blessed me enough, y'all don't hear me, because I understand that everything I have came from him. I, I didn't get it, to, I didn't earn it. I feel like I did because I was in the right place at the right time. But yet when I look back, that had to be God's promise. That got me through the door. My God. Paul discerns this thorn is keeping him grounded. He understands that if he thinks too highly of himself, he'll be boastful, he'll be proud. Jesus teaches a lot of parables about humility. One, he talks about how it's better to be asked up than to be sent down. He talks about how the last shall be first and the first shall be last. He's pointing out that the greatest of these is the least. Of these. So Paul's focus is to give the Lord glory for all his successes. He sees that his failures are not God's fault, but because of his weaknesses. Can I help somebody out today to understand that when you're going through some trials and tribulations, don't blame God. But look and say, God, what did I do wrong? Because I realize that God, you're perfect, you're good, your grace, your mercy is everlasting. So what did I do wrong that caused me to go through some hardships, some pain, some trials, and some tribulations? Help me, oh God, to see that I need you right here and right now. Because when I boast in my weakness, I understand it's that grace that keeps me. I, I like how New Living Translation puts it, says, my grace is all you need. He's basically pointing out, this is all you need to survive. Now, we know God's grace because how God expressed to us what grace is. We are introduced to this concept theologically in God's definition, if you will, in Exodus 34, chapter, verse 6. The Lord passes in front of Moses calling out Yahweh, the Lord. The God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Why is this so important? I'm glad y'all paying attention asking some good questions here. Because God was about to set everybody else for failure in that place. Because they were about to be gone and not making to the place of promise. But Moses showed God because you said who you are. Don't, don't wipe them all out. But have mercy on them so that they won't be the laughing stock of their enemy. Talk about, well, God could not bring them out because they are hard-necked. God, I know they're stiff-necked people. Lord, I know they're hard-headed. I know they don't get it right the first time, the second time. Lord, no, they didn't get it right at all. But Lord, don't give up on them. 
That's what Moses, that, that same again, Durr's translation. Go back to Exodus 34, chapter. You can see exactly what Moses said to God. But here's what God said to Moses. He says this to Moses today. Moses wants to know that God's going to keep his promise. So he says, Lord, let me see you. Moses is, is bold to say, God, if I see you, I know everything's going to be all right. But God lets Moses know that you are so messed up that if you see me, you won't live. And since I want you to live, just put yourself up on the mountaintop and I will pass before you. The Bible says that God covered up Moses so he would not see him. And once God passed by, he got the glimpse of God passing by. He got to see the, the back. He could not see the face of God, but he was able to see the back of God. And yet you could hear the echo and working of God saying, The Lord, the Lord, your God is merciful. <laughs> I'll let you live. You don't deserve it because y'all want to make golden images and the golden calf and say, this is the God that brought you out of Egypt when I'm standing right here on the mountain talking to Moses. But yet, because I love you, I'm slow to get angry. Mm. See, God's grace leads to forgiveness. If I get the opportunity to get it right, I want to do it right. When you give me another chance, I, I don't want to mess it up. So God's grace is basically a gift. So every day on this earth is God's grace towards you. What are we doing with this gift? Are we complaining? Are we nagging? Are we making excuses for why things are not getting done? Are we finding able to say, when I am weak, then I am strong? Because when we know about God's grace, that's why in Psalm 86, 15, it says, but you, O oh Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. When we know God's grace, we understand that God, that I know I am not perfect. On my best days, I'm still nothing but filthy rags in your presence. But you greet me morning after morning. New mercies I see. Great is thy faithfulness. God's grace tells you he loves you. Every morning you wake up, you receive that gift of his grace. He's telling you, I love you. Think about how you feel to those who you love tell you, I love you. Think about how you get excited when those who you love send you a message saying, I love you. Think about how you get excited about those whom you love, whom you have not seen, send you a package showing you that they love you. And how you get so excited that you pick up the phone or you text them back or you social media message them back and let them know I received your gift and I want to say thank you. Well, my question is, have you did that to God Did you give him a message back and say, Lord, thank you for this gift? I, I did not ask for it. I did not deserve it. But you were thinking about me and you sent it my way. Well, I wish I had a few more witnesses here in this place that can say, God, thank you. For looking out for me when I couldn't look out for myself. Thank you for blessing me. Let, let, let me show you about God's grace, how I experience Because some of y'all seem, seem like y'all don't know what I'm talking about here. So I'll tell you how I experience God's grace. So I, I, I have been spoiled now that I have a mobile device that can hold up my credit card that I don't have to carry a wallet with cash in it anymore. I used to always have a whole lot of cash. There, the kids knew daddy got cash. We go to the candy store. We're going to get whatever he got because he got cash on. But now daddy got a perfect excuse. I don't have any cash on. So daddy keeps his wallet and his phone, but one day daddy goes out to the, to the store and the store don't take Apple Pay. 
Daddy didn't have any credit cards on hand. Daddy gonna pay for the groceries. But God's grace was a family behind me says, we'll pay for his groceries. Ooh, I said, no, sir, it's okay. I'm gonna leave you here. Come back. He said, no, 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 no. I got you. Can I get your permission? Don't worry about giving it back to me. God's grace. Better than I deserve. I, I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it. But yet God showed up through this family to bless me in order to get the groceries I need that was for my children, not for me. No answer. It might have been for me. God said, yeah, that's what you get. <laughs> but he took care of my children. See, God's grace tells us how he loves us. His love comforts us. His love reminds us that he will not stay angry with us. His grace, his mercy will lead us to repentance. Realize that, Lord, I've been wrong. I've been going in the wrong direction. Help me change it and help me get right. And so when we we understand how we're living by God's grace, we're able to be gracious towards others. Notice verse 9 again that says, Each time he said, Each time, he says. Each time, he says. I want you to catch that. He did not change his message. It was consistent. And the message was, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. My goodness. I I, I can see why Paul got excited because he got it the first time. He said, I'll try again the second time. And he got it the second time. He said, all right. It's still messing. We're going to try the third time. By the third time, he got it. He said, Lord, ain't going to change. <laughs> he going to keep on telling me. His grace is all that I need. I, I thought I needed the sword removed, but God let me know that it's there for a purpose. It's there for a reason. It reminds you of your weakness. It reminds you how you need me. I, I always had a few more people to understand that there's some things in your life you wanted to change. But God keeps reminding you that it is not changing. But it's reminding you that that's who I am. I, 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 there was a rap song that came out that was my mantra because if the song says, I wish I was a baller, I wish I was tall. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to be a basketball superstar so bad, I wish I was six foot eight. But God made me five foot eight. <laughs> I was a whole foot short. I, I was like, man, Lord, if I was a whole foot big, boy, I'd be the best basketball player on earth, right? But yet even at all my, all my height, I still could not get on the court. I saw Muggsy Bowles playing. I'm calling Muggsy Bowles. How come I can't get on the court? So I'm Spud Webb. I'm calling Spud Webb. He's five foot seven. I'm calling Spud Webb. Why can I get on the court? God just let me know that my grace. <laughs> he helped me to understand that I put you in this position. Here's another thing. My, some of y'all know my father. Y'all know my family. A lot of them can sing like nobody's business. And Lord, Lord, if I could sing, y'all won't be seeing me right here. I'll be on the tour. I'll be out somewhere going, oh yeah. <laughs> but God let's, reminds me that my grace is more than enough. See, oftentimes in life, we want what somebody else has because it looks enjoyable to them. And then we're not satisfied with what God has already given us. Mm. But when we know that His grace is all that you need, that his power works great, works best in weakness. That's why Paul says, so now I am glad to boast 
about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. And as I look at that, it reminded me that how oftentimes when things don't work or are able to go through a pipe or through a hose, there's blockage. And so you got to move the blockage in order for it to go through. Y'all not following me here. Uh, you, you, you want to, to get a kink out of a hose because the kink causes blockage. The constriction limits the force and the thrust of the water to come through the hole so that it cannot come out with power on the other side. But once you unleash the kink, once you unravel it, all of a sudden you got power on the other side. I got a few people that caught on with you. Uh, some of you might understand maybe the heart condition that some people have blockage in their heart. And when they got blockage in their heart, they are weak, they are frail, they are unable to move and to adapt and do anything. But when a doctor steps in and starts working on that heart and they find the blockage and they're able to remove it, all of a sudden you got strength, you got vitality, you got power. I wish I got a few more people here. And if you understand that God, I am weak. And if you get on God's table, he can expose you what's the blockage, what's the weakness, what's the infirmities in your life, and he can show you that I can release you. Yes, you can have power. You, you may walk away with a limp. You may walk away with some trauma, but yet you'll be able to overcome I wish that a few more witnesses did that. You may overcome some things. You may do some greater things. Because you are realizing that in your weakness, you find strength in you. See, oftentimes we live in a world that has built up our perception based on the world's perception. We have seen things the way the world wants you to see things. What makes a person great? Well, where they live, the car they drive, the clothes that they wear, that makes a person great. The, the style of your hair, the color of your eye, that makes a person great. But yet Jesus says the greatest of these is the least of these. I, 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 I talked about it before. I still have not find a magazine that says I'm going to rank the best least. You can Google who's has the millions, but you can't Google to find out who's the best servant. And if you do list up, it's probably only going to come up with Mother Teresa. But she's richer than a lot of other people ever knew. But she lived in poverty on purpose because she realized it's not about the silver. And the matter of fact, Mother Teresa started serving because they told her she could not serve. They said, you're not qualified. See, that's all right. She found a way and made it her way. And now we have things named after her when they didn't want to give her a name. And here we learn that Jesus shows us to serve, to be great, is to be the least of these. Tell your name, you need to change your perspective. Don't look at things and think about how bad they are. But look at things and say, like, God, I do <laughs> don't, don't look at how big it is, but look at it and say, God, Look how small that is. <laughs> because how big our God is. I lost somebody. I see, I see, I open my pastor press up. Um, David um, was smaller than Goliath. Um, but David did not point to say how big Goliath is. No, David pointed how big his God is. Goliath had a big shield, big spear, and big sword. David says, You're not going to die by a shield or sword, but you're going to die in the name of the Lord. <laughs> because the victory belongs to the Lord, he's going to fight my back. 
And so in times of our weakness, at times of adversity, in times that we're facing obstacles, a time that we can say, God, I'm waiting to see what you're about to do next. And you can maybe hear Moses like he told the children of Israel. Today is the day of salvation. Watch and see the deliverance of the Lord. Adverse situations in your life can cause you to be closer to God. When I am weak, then I am strong. That's why I boast. Verse 10 says, that's why I take pleasure in my weakness and the insults hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I'm going to draw back into the 11th chapter as we look closely to conclude this lesson. Paul talks about his trials and his tribulations he's faced in proclaiming this great gospel. He goes and saying around the verse 22 of the 11th chapter. <clears throat> Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served them far more. I worked harder, been put in prison, more often been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the sea. Y'all see that? He won't say for any terrain. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers, but are not. I have worked hard and long and during many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and I have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak without my feeling that weakness? Who is led astray and I do not, and I do not burn with anger? If I must boast, I would rather boast about the things that show how weak I am. So you can see how he picks that back up in the 12th verse. I'm sorry, the 12th chapter in that verse talking about how I boast about how weak I am. But yet he's, he's kind of also doing the reverse of how strong he is. Because in his weakness, he was able to endure being left for dead, being shipwrecked, being whipped, 40 lashes minus one, 39 lashes, being beaten with the rod, being stoned and left for dead. Matter of fact, you can read about it in Acts how they stoned him, they took him out of the city. He revived him, went back in and preached. So y'all can't stop this. This is God's work. When I am weak, then I am strong. My question is to you, what makes you strong? If you are exercising they tell you if you want to build muscle mass, you first got to break the muscle. You got to tear it down in order to rip it so blood rushes and swells up and gives you more muscle. You want bigger biceps, you got to not just lift more weights. You got to lift until it hurts. Because when it hurts, that's when that muscle is straining and swelling up. And then you can rest and it can recover and you get bigger. That's why there's no pain, no gain. 
And that's where that saying comes from. You're not trying to hurt yourself, but yet you get to the point that is an exhaustion, that then the blood rushes in there, and that's why you can have a thing swollen. You work out, and you work out real quick, and you stop, you can be swollen, but you walk out, it all goes away. Because the blood is rushing there. That's why you got to keep on building up that tension to get strong, to get that definition. My question is, oh, what's making you strong? What are you going through? And through repetition. It can't be just one day, but every day. Are you going through and letting God work on you? And as I think about strength, again, I told you about me. I want to be bigger. I want to be strong. I want to be tall. So I thought that I, if I eat my sin, I'd be all right. Because Papa said, I'm strong to the finish. Because I eat my spinach. So I thought if I eat some spinach, I, I, I might be strong. But then I wish maybe if I was an alien. Because Superman was an alien. Maybe I was from another planet. The power of the sun might give me strength. That I could fly. Or, or, or maybe I wish I was from another planet. That I, I follow with Darth Vader. That I could just use the force. And stuff would just come my way. Or maybe I wish I was bitten by a radioactive spot so that I could climb and leap hard distance and swing and have talents like a spider with super strength. Or maybe if I was a, a genius like, like my job, my, uh, Stark, that I could make a nuclear reactor, a reactor, have power that I could have become Iron Man and save the universe as an invention. But all those are comic books and not real, make-believe and not don't have power at all. Matter of fact, people made them up and gave them power that really is, is unfathomable and true. We know, not real. But God created you. Mm. And God created you so that he could imbue power in you. Mm. So that God can use you and show you that God does not need you because on his own volition, he can do what faith and we, we saw it all by himself in Genesis. All by himself. God said, let's and things that did not exist became to exist. Things that were not became that are. And when God said, let there be, all of a sudden things started waiting. When is it my turn? Let there be light. Let there be darkness. Let there be water. Let there be earth. And then he got to the dirt and the bed and, and brought it up and he breathed life into us and made us in his image. This power we have access but this access to this power is only achieved through Jesus. Paul has been preaching about this Jesus. Him crucified, him resurrected, him ascended and seated at the right hand of the Father. Paul was talking about Jesus. If you have a red letter Bible, you notice those red letters right there that says, my word is all that you need. Why is it red letters, you ask? And it's in this letter, not in the gospel. Well, Jesus still talking. See, see, Jesus is still talking. He's letting Paul know, my grace is all that you need. When we understand that others may not be talking to us, they may not be helping us, Jesus is still talking. And so, Lord, I can call on you and say, Lord, I'm in trouble, I need help. And you can say, I'm all that you need. My power is made great in your weakness. For man... It's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. This power that's in us through Jesus is the same power that rose up from the grave. I, I want you to grab here that you got access to great power. But we need to remove the blockage, remove the hindrance, remove our pride, remove our egos. And Lord, humble me. So I know how much I need you. 
because I need the area I need. I, I, I want to highlight as I conclude this message about power that we have. Remember I said that oftentimes we talk about the victors, the winners, with words synonymous to power, uh, strength, and, and ability, the fortitude, and endurance, and toughness. But what can make us tough but Jesus? Because we are sinners in need of God's grace. And when we know that when I am weak, then I am strong. I am strong in him. Our power comes from him. This power of Jesus is the same power that rose him from the grave. That same power that's able to walk on water. The same power that can take five loaves and two fists and make it to be 5,000. The same power that can save Taloo come and a, and a girl's eyes open up and a girl comes to life and a, a man that is blind becomes to see, a man's ears become open. The Lord can just simply say, come, and things happen and start changing. He can make water turn into my power that he has. Matter of fact, Paul saw this power that he could pass a handkerchief and people were healed by his power because it touched him. Peter was walking, his shadow was healing people. Miraculous signs followed him because he understood that it wasn't for him. When we are mindful not to boast, not to brag, and make it about ourselves, but point to our God, watch what God will do in your life. So that's why he says, I don't boast in my accomplishments, but in my weakness. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, the hardships, persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. So we find power because we were able to overcome the hardest we face. We find power when we're able to make it through some of the hardest times in our lives that God brought us through. We can look back and realize that God brought me a mighty long way. I, I bet if you can think and close your eyes and imagine and if you just look back, you will see the stuff that God brought you from and say, thank God I'm not there anymore. And you start looking forward and realize that God has greater things to handle. So let us not get caught up on what we can't do. Let us not get caught up on what we're unable to do. But let us be reminded of what God can do. What God is able to do. And what God will do. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's nothing too hard for God. With God, all things are possible. Now I want to encourage you to know that God told you that His grace is all that you need. And in your weakness, you find great power when you trust in Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. That your grace is all that we need. We thank you, Lord, for greater thy faithfulness. Your love never fails. And you are all that we need. 
Lord, I pray there might be someone who does not know you. They have not confessed Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus died on the cross for their sins. And that Jesus defeated them by rising from the grave and is exalted and seated at the right hand of the Father. Lord, I pray that they can find a Bible-believing, preaching, teaching, church, and disciple them. And Lord, if they have not been baptized, they find a church and baptize them all and commune with them and welcome them to the fellowship of the body of Christ. But thank you, God, that you are God alone. And great is your grace and your mercy towards us. That we have not done anything that is too great for you to forgive. But we thank you, Lord, for forgiving us. We thank you, Lord, for redeeming us. We thank you, Lord, for loving us as we are. Change us, transform us, that we be who you call us to be, and live as you want us to be. We pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Those who join us online, you can get all the about to continue on worship you our God through giving. You're welcome to give through our website, www.zionbcpoa.com, or you can text to give through our app as well. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you. Until we meet again, Jesus loves you, and so do